Hello, Red vs. Blue fans. Welcome back to the Red vs. Blue After Buzz TV After Show. We are looking at the end of Season 15, Episodes 17 through 21. We'll see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. And that was the dubstep remix of our opening credits. (laughs) There's no time for that, Katie. We've got to rock out to the most awesome garage band ever. That never really got a name. (laughs) Grateful Red. They never figured it out. You know what? Probably for the best. I I feel like the the universe is better off without it. (laughs) God bless. Talking with Jen Brown about that was so funny because... It's hard to sing off-key when you can actually sing. Yes. Uh, and that's the thing, is Jen Brown can belt it out. Oh, like absolutely. She can sing really well. She so can. This must have been just painful for her. So it's just like, sing badly. Like, oh, honey. But it's been since, like, season 10 since we've had a ridiculous character song. You know what? I remember back when they, they released the CDs a couple of years ago and everybody got character songs. That was really we funny. Got, we got a few of them. We got Donut the Musical. Let we got Bow Chicka Bow you away. And we got Come On Carolina. Uh, well, no, I feel like everybody got a character song, but those are the those are the most well, memorable in ones. Texas, yeah, yeah. but no, I don't. I don't think everyone got. Well, Church did. I would have. I would have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure everybody got a character song. Chat. Did everyone get a character song, or did only some people? We need to know. <laughs> By the way, we have a live chat. How are you guys doing? Hey. There's, there's almost twenty of you. We should introduce ourselves to those we fine and lovely should. people. I'm my favorite murderer. I'm Karen. This is Georgia. Other way around. I'm Karen. I'm the Karen. We just had this discussion, silly Billy. (laughs) Welcome back to the Aftermost TV Red vs. Blue After Show. It's going to be a fun show tonight, you guys. Indeed. Uh, We are looking at the last five episodes of season 15. So 17 through 21. Quick save, desolation, red vs. red, blue vs. blue, and epilogues, which I'm very disappointed was not entitled I Against Me, but that's okay. (laughs) I like a good pattern. It's I against I and me against you. Wow. I'm really good at life tonight. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't trying to be a corrector. (laughs) My bad. If you hadn't... Literally the entire comment section would have. Sorry. Corrections corner. <laughs> anyway, I have with me Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. You can follow our third, Mark Donica, on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. He's always got some super fun stuff to say. He does and indeed. you can also participate in the show. There's a good chunk of you guys in the YouTube live chat. We also have a Twitter hashtag, AB. TV RVB. The live chat goes away after the end of the show. The hashtag is forever, or for at least as long as Twitter thinks we're okay. Not to mention so, you can tweet the entire team at ABTV Rooster Team. That's true. I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting <laughs> we have branding. We do indeed. And there's, Speaking of branding. Speaking of branding, we have a uh, a network announcement before we get started. Uh, after Buzz TV New Directions. <clears throat> so pardon me, I'm going to take a quick <clears throat> sip here. Karen's going to give us the news. As always, we thank you so much for your support. And we actually have some exciting news about AfterBuzz. Whether you're a new listener or a longtime AfterBuzz fan, you know that we're the world's number one destination for TV coverage. Well, starting next month, we'll be expanding our content beyond just aftershows to bring you a whole new slate of content, format, and guests. Our aftershows aren't going anywhere. They're simply evolving. Most of the shows you love 
Uh, you love only air for part of the year, but during the rest of the year, these shows have news constantly breaking uh, that you want to talk about. So as the ESPN of TV talk, we know it's our job to cover it. We'll have in-depth show coverage for comedy, drama, animated, uh, truly anything you can imagine. Nothing is off limits. And given our no-limits uh, approach to TV coverage, we realize that sometimes it can be hard to find the shows you love. And we listened. We're restructuring the website, shows, and, um, and our platforms to make it easier for you to find what you're looking for. Our YouTube channel will be divided into nine <coughs> different section, sections by genre. That's dramedies, comedies, reality, reality competition, wrestling, sports, animation, sci-fi fantasy superheroes, all one, <laughs> red carpets, and... And lastly, our own featured original content. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about, but it won't all happen overnight. As we develop, we'll be experimenting to cater to your TV desires, which means your participation and feedback will be essential to deliver these custom shows. To keep up to date with everything, be sure to sign up for the monthly newsletter launching in September and check out our AfterBuzz Weekly, uh, our our show AfterBuzz Weekly with Megan Stetcher. So you really did start that off with your best Karen Kilgariff, didn't you? I did. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, I think it was worth it just to see you double over <laughs> trying not to laugh. I have no idea how the camera was on that one, so I don't know if anyone got to see that. But uh, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, we kill each other. Anyway, let's talk about this. Speaking of dead people, oh. <laughs> This is the show where I learned a lesson about wanting things. Yep. yep. So it like kudos if you get that reference. I don't know how many of you guys were with us uh, during our last show, where I was here all by my lonesome, talking to Joe on the phone, who is a sweetheart. Uh, however, it was super hard not to talk about Quick Save in particular because it had just aired, and of course we were told day it aired by several people on social media batting down the hatches do not stay off of social media until you get to watch this episode yeah I straight up said don't see it don't let anyone spoil it for you nothing like that and so of course I screen capped the first don't let anyone spoil this tweet and put it on another social network with some of my friends and said well this is kind of terrifying and one of them wrote back like lock yourself in a convent to avoid getting spoiled and I went oh my god get thee to a nunnery seriously Jeez. how bad is this so we sat down to watch it and it's like okay this isn't that bad oh yeah okay and there's the yep there this it is. is what i there get for wanting more wash in a season like my notes on the board right now just say wash no that's it that's all they say <laughs> that's really all you need <laughs> oh i mean it had some great it had great moments leading up to the jaw-dropping shocking ending which is wash getting shot in the throat you locust and big bird over there (laughs) what's up big b (laughs) oh sweet baby angel Uh, locust was incredible in these two episodes yeah he was was great in 16 17 and 18 he was Fantastic! It was such a brief appearance that on the one hand, I'm disappointed he wasn't in the series more, or season more. On the other hand, given kind of the direction that we see and just this little quick snapshot of his journey, I'm also kind of glad we didn't get oversaturated with it. Like, it's just this quick little moment, and then he can come back more a little later on. But I want the next season to be about him. Like for sure, and you would never have caught me saying something like that oh, during no. the chorus trilogy. Never. No, and you now hated I'm... the Mercs. <laughs> oh my god! 
And, and well, it was partially the mercs and partially the fans that insisted that they could do no wrong. Ah, yeah. Which is like, oh, that's a problem, you guys. The, They're committing genocide, the, and you say it's okay. The fans that insisted that they were redeemable before we had been given any proof that redemption was even a possibility. <laughs> the fans that insisted they were redeemable after the planetary genocide drop. Wow, Like... Guys? Although, talking about trying to redeem himself, a locus, again, in this episode, is just so interesting. Um, and it just that, that little brief bit we get about him talking about his journey, about how he tracked down the Blues and Reds, was about this town. A colony of refugees a few months back where the Blues and Reds stole their power generator, and so without, without clean water and air, they died. Yeah. Every man, woman, and child. And Which I, is, congratulations, a genocide. <laughs> Good job, Blues and Reds. No, uh, not really. Awful job. I, I will say, though, that, like, that, and, and Carolina asking if he knew them, it's funny because and you... And just kind of sweeping right on by that, like, I'm not going to answer that question. It's funny All because right. he kind of doesn't need to. Because it speaks volumes about him either way. Whether it was a town he happened to save and then came back to and it was decimated, or if it was just him being moved by, you know, the sight of this awful human destruction while he's on the path for redemption, either one is more than enough. Yeah. It's more than enough reason for him to get involved at this point in his life. Oh yeah. He's, he's on his vengeance paladin journey and learning dark paladin. Dark paladin's not a class. Whatever. Vengeance paladins are. I, yeah, you made that up. (laughs) No, I did not. Mm -mm. I'm going to go with dark paladin. There's three classes of paladin paladin in fifth edition. Dark paladin sounds way cooler. There's a different name for those. They did that way back in set second edition, but I cannot remember what it was. Deep cut D&D talk. <laughs> anyway, he just rock, paper, scissors with Sarge, getting hugged by Caboose. I hate this. I, hate I dig this. this. I hate this. Oh, so good. Wonderful and comedic timing. just Sarge's apology, and I, for one, believed every single word of that and found it quite convincing. Can we go now, please? <laughs> <laughs> the I, tendency of the badasses of this series to tack please on the end of a sentence when they're just done. He does it. Carolina does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, the former mercenary, please, I'm begging you idiots, please. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to anybody who watched uh, our reaction videos who was kind enough to draw me uh, Locust Wonder Woman fan art. I, I just want to say thank you. I think we had three or four of them. We did, we did, and, and they, they were, were all wonderful (laughs) uh so thank you guys yeah so that good lord i we're kind of going for more overarching here because this is partially recapping these five episodes and partially because it's the finale a season recap yeah and we have these final battles we have we have a machine that is half time machine and half planet destroying laser drill doomsday device. device Yes. Which I, I did enjoy the, we're going to have the interns run some simulations. And then, like, ten minutes later, we're all going to die. <laughs> we're going to run some tests and figure out the quickest way to get drunk. <laughs> so we can pass out under our desks before we die. Oh. I also really enjoyed the, um, oh, wow, I just completely lost what I really enjoyed. Uh, was it Dylan? Dylan I, Jacks, uh, the, the Zealots. Oh, no, I went and looked again. 
UNSC headquarters is in Wyoming. Yes. yes. Why is it in Wyoming? And people are like, well, it could be in Colorado. I had someone uh, point out that it could be in Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado Springs because that's where NORAD's headquartered. And I looked at it again and I'm like, no, because see, here's the state lines and here's this and here's that. It's either in northern Wyoming or southern Montana. But why, though? Can we talk about the fact that when they did pull up the map, uh, Florida happened yes! to not be on continuity. <laughs> oh, that was magical. That was just so great. Yeah. If it's Halo continuity, half of Africa is glassed. If it's red versus blue continuity, we're missing the state of Florida. Uh, just uh, Hashtag poor Florida. Down the, the other leg of the pants of time. Something like that. I suppose so. Uh, talking about parallels and stuff like that, uh, we have Michael McSpad in the hashtag going, did anyone else realize that the first line of the season was foreshadowing the problem with Loco's machine? Hashtag RBB. ABTV. I think the first line of the season was talking about, like, Newton's. Yeah. If it wasn't the first line, it was the first scene. I don't remember what the very first line of the season was. That was a long time If somebody wants to put that in the chat, that would be super. Yeah. And Malachroma, chat pointing out, it was in Wyoming because of time travel, yay. Again, the the only character that had sort of time distortion capabilities was Wyoming, uh, a.k.a. Reggie. And also the meta. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) For a brief minute. When the series gets serious, you kind of sit there and go, I have something that can time travel. How do I not make this completely game-breaking? I mean, and, and not to... I, I I mean not to not to nitpick or anything like that, but but the time manipulation capabilities of Gamma were limited. I mean, yeah, yeah, it could go back for a little bit, but it wasn't like straight up open a door to the past so you can grab your buddy sort of deal. Which we got a goodbye for church, and this was beautiful and heartbreaking, and just the we're gonna be okay, we're gonna be okay, like okay. Okay. But I think this also kind of leads into one of the big issues that I had with this season. You want to talk about it? I (laughs) (laughs) enjoy. No, I mean, why are we here in this base, in this box canyon? No, we'll get to that scene because that was a thing of wonder and beauty. Um, Do you want to talk about the scene with Griff and Tucker first while everybody's processing what happened to Wash? I want to get this point out. Okay, go for it. Go for it. I feel like we had character balance issues. This season. Feel free to discuss. And it's always a difficult thing to do. We were talking about this a little bit in Robots in Disguise the other night with when you want to make a point with one character, occasionally it'll come at the expense of another character. And it's very difficult to circumvent that. And you can't always, especially when you have Red versus Blue, where we have two people on this team that are leaps and bounds skill-wise above literally everyone else. And you have to try to find a power balance and it's, I know we keep comparing to Chorus because that was the last big plot that we had. But Chorus, it was, you have to get your game together. You have to elevate everyone. And the ridiculous dumb luck and narrative causality that works in the Reds and Blues favor continued to work with them. For, but even the Chorus trilogy had, well, we're going to stab Carolina in the leg because we need to kind of even the field. Yeah, we need to nerf her a little bit. Once again, we had evening the field with... It was a great thrill. It was terrifying. It removed two characters from the season almost entirely. And that's and I know that's also a personal bias issue because we've gone over this. I have a wash, wash bias like crazy. Oh, I love Wash and Carolina. Defin- I, yeah. I love them a lot. 
Uh, it's, yeah. Um, <coughs> here's here's the thing: is I'm I'm actually okay with it this season. Um, be, and and we've talked about this in the past too. I'm okay with it because they're both at a point in their own journeys too, where being taken unawares is actually kind of understandable given the circumstances. I understand why you're upset. Definitely, uh, like who doesn't love a season full of freelancer action sequences that are just over the top and amazing? Half the people who skip nine and ten, huh? They exist, huh? Yeah. Weird. Anywho. <laughs> um, but also, like, not to mention that just as characters, they are interesting people. Oh, yeah. And, uh, again, seeing Carolina's journey and seeing her wrestle with her own issues about competition and feelings of self-worth and, you know, just all this other stuff that she's had to deal with over the course of the years. And Wash... Also, who's gone on a huge journey uh, being damaged and then redeeming himself and then falling from grace again and then redeeming himself again um, and then trying to be the leader of the new group. Like, they've both gone on incredible <coughs> journeys. But, like, that here, I will, I will make the argument that I'm okay with what happened to them in this season because, one, this is just part one of whatever story they're, they're planning on telling. No, for this the, is self-contained. It is self-contained, but, like, we've talked to Joe and he wants to tell more seasons of Red versus Blue. And so I view this as like part one of whatever it is that to come. You can watch it just like a lot of other seasons of Red versus Blue. You can just watch it as its own little self-contained movie, uh, beginning, middle, end, all that jazz. And I think as beginning, middle, end, it works just fine. But I'm also okay with it because I know we're going to get more Wash and Carolina later on down the road. This is true. Yeah. And again, I, I'm totally okay with it because where they were at this point in their lives, having finally been allowing themselves to take a break, I totally get being taken unawares and getting taken advantage of by people they underestimated. And I, st- I still have issues with that. Of but course. again, that's me and I have a different take on things and different investments. And that's... This is why we discuss, because yes. we have different opinions. Indeed. We did get some No, you're really wrong, good. and I hate you for being wrong. Ah, <laughs> table flip, leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, the internet in is, a nutshell. On one hand, we got really, really good red team development. Which is on something the other that's hand, been sorely Tucker needed. spent a lot of time carrying the idiot ball. Which, given how badly he was taken by Felix, and given how much that messed him up, and that he would have learned from that, to immediately be taken again is like, we learned this lesson. We, we just did. We did. Kind of, and again, the, we're going to fall back again on a little bit of our robots in disguise discussion in terms of like we're we know that growth and change is hard, and so having to repeat the same lesson a few times is not terrible in a narrative setting because it as a, as people it is hard to grow and change it's when it happens over and over and over again that it becomes tedious from a uh entertainment standpoint well, and it, i feel like this was less episode of the week over and over and over again and more you fought an entire war and half of it was after you found out about this betrayal it's not that you did this over and over again it's that it was one huge event that sticks with you that's true but I'm also willing to throw throw it out there again that with the blinders of we can get church back, 
That's also every true. everybody on blue team is of course going to turn a blind eye to other things that should be very obvious to them as would otherwise be bringing up red flags. That's also very true. That is one hell of a carrot. And that big and enough like, to hide a stick behind. Even even when uh they do open up the door that Loco created and they see church on the other side of it, Tucker Knowing Pulling full, through. yeah, knowing full well how catastrophic this is, is the one saying, "Yeah, pull him through." Because even though it's so funny, because even though we know that Tucker as a person will be able to move on, and that it's Caboose that needs this closure, like you still really do feel the emotional impact of Tucker saying, "Grab him, pull him through," because. I mean, he Tuck, Church was Tucker's best friend. Well, and I know that whether Caboose they want to admit needed, it or not. Well, I know I know that Caboose needed the closure, but I'm kind of sad that Tucker didn't get to say anything to him. Again, it was Caboose's moment, and there wouldn't have I don't. There might have been a way to balance it, but maybe not in the way it was set up. Like, I, but it's just kind of sad that like pull him through, and then you see him talking with Caboose, and then he's gone again forever. Unless you want another cataclysm, but we most likely don't have another Vic in our back pockets. Again, Tucker didn't need to say goodbye to be able to True. move on. Tucker Tucker is strong enough that he'll be able to persevere or whatever. Caboose, knowing that Church is gone forever, would not have been able to move on without saying goodbye. That's Caboose true. was the one that needed this moment. Tucker, uh, again, you know... He was going to be able to pick himself up and carry on no matter what. It's sad that he didn't get to exchange any words, but at the same time... He'll be okay. He'll be all right. I, I miss Loco, though. I'm t- going to miss him. I'm going to miss him, too. I wish he had stuck around. Uh, I know we can't really get Caboose and Stereo. I know that nobody's sanity can handle that. <laughs> but Joel is I'm the only one him. that can do a, a Caboose-like character for more than one season without going insane. Um, Ace Trainer 44. <laughs> that is literally what my notes say. Get him to space hospital. I'm not even Ace kidding. Ace Trainer 44. Quick, get washed to a space hospital. Oh. That is... For anybody who's not watching the Netflix version of Voltron, get on it. Why are you it. start now? Um, and also, yeah. um... We have uh, Michael again in the hashtag. Tucker trusting Temple is a day five situation. The suspicion is pushed onto someone else. In this case, Dylan. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Again, especially when it's you're telling somebody what they want to hear. And of course, Tucker wants to hear that the person who is responsible for him getting served <laughs> is the bad guy and that Temple can help reunite him with his best friend. This so, is yeah. true. I wish we'd had more Dylan towards the end. Oh my gosh. Over the climax. She is awesome. I feel like once we got our villainous reveal, she kind of stepped aside for a little while. She was kind of thrown in the brig for a little yeah. while. Like, um. I, I, I wish we, again, this is getting back into character and to character balance. You've got like 30 players on the board at this point. That is rough. Which is why. It's hard to keep track of three people in a scene. Now we have like 30 of them. Forget it. I'm picturing myself watching season 15 again in one sitting as a movie. All three hours of it? Yeah. And in my mind, it's not as imbalanced, I think, as you're making it sound. That might be the case. But I did. Like once they found the blues and reds, 
she and Jax had a far more diminished role. Which yes. I get it because we found our people and we need to go into this. But, but on for, the other hand, but for somebody who they was presented to the season, yeah, for for somebody who was presented as our protagonist at the very beginning, it was weird to see them sort of um, pushed yeah. aside for a little while. But at the same time, that's what happens when you have the reds and blues. <laughs> they sort of soak up the spotlight a little bit. Like who we made these lieutenants. They're here. I could also just see, like, <laughs> Temple literally just pushing them to the side so that he could give his terrible, oh, terrible villainous monologue. absolutely what happened. You know that's what Step happened. Step aside. I have, I have words to say. Although I did love, you stay here. We all know you're not going to do that, right? Duly noted. <laughs> we all, how come she gets both meat shields? <laughs> Jax has been promoted. That being said, I I love that, again, it didn't get a whole lot of time in development, but I love, you know, the foreshadowing with her, too, and I love the resolution of her calling her boss and saying the story and driving him crazy, even though he's on, like, what, horse, horse tranquilizers? Um, and, and then her, her husband called, calling her. Picking up in the middle of a work call, which is uncharacteristic of... And again, we don't really get any of the questions answered in terms of like in terms of what was so intriguing about her at the very beginning of the series I, I'm sitting here going why is she diving into her work like is that just who she is or is she running from something and we don't really get any of those answers but we can definitely tell that there's a positive resolution there when she takes her husband's call in the middle like, of a work call I feel like we can take a fair few of these questions and put a pin in them for the next uh, anthology season yeah and I'm sure there will be another one at some point. There were too many stories left untold from the previous one and a lot more that you can go into now that we've widened open this world with blues and reds, with the press, with all of this other stuff. <laughs> the next uh, anthology season is just all of Jack's failed screenplays. <laughs> I would watch an entire episode of that, though I did love the post credit scene with him pitching the movie and making the joke about, yeah, it's a 300-page screenplay, Joe said a few weeks ago that the script for this was about 315 pages, <laughs> give or take. Yep. And so I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. Does that mean that the season that we just watched was Jax's movie? A lot of people Is that are, what happened? A lot of people are theorizing that that is actually the case. Well, and it would explain a lot because he doesn't know a lot of what happened. He just makes things up. <laughs> I might have embellished a few On things the movie here references. there. <laughs> Dead Eye Cam will always go back to Deadite Cam. Oh, that was the best. And the people being so surprised that we were fans of Evil Dead. I don't know why you people are surprised. Did, have I not made my love of horror movies clear enough? <laughs> I clearly need to start working on that. You guys know I do the after show for Ash vs. Evil Dead, right? <laughs> I am the lead host! <laughs> we had some people be, oh, you like that horror movie? Yes. <laughs> By the way, if you're not already doing so, please follow Sil uh, Silver underscore Screams on Twitter and Instagram for more horror movie and fun. Silver Screams on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, neither here nor Shameless there. Shameless plug a clock. Neither here nor there. But but yeah, Sorry. all in all, this season. Uh, can we talk about Vic? for a minute yeah bye Vic <laughs> like the last episode of this you know how the final Lord of the Rings had like 13 endings mm -hmm. we had a little bit of that with this because we had like three or four epic speeches back to back to back to back <laughs> so it was a little bit Lord of the Ringsy, but Vic's speech 
And if any one of you cut backed me up. I like a lot of people were pointing out how uh, Vic's goodbye speech very much mirrored Epsilon's goodbye speech. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the end of season 13, which, again, uh, it was a nice nod and also kind of a fun parody of it as well because Vic is far happier, I think, to embrace his end than Epsilon. Epsilon was sad to say goodbye. Um, but Vic was just like, woohoo! <laughs> this is where it's at! <laughs> I'm so happy! <laughs> well, Vic wanted to die. Well, and he- not pretty much gone rampant and not as to ma- rampant as a dumb ai can go and not to mention that epsilon was making a heroic sacrifice whereas vic was making a selfish move <laughs> if i tell you i don't know will you kill me <laughs> vic <laughs> oh all right <laughs> i'm just very surprised that dylan was honest <laughs> with him about yes this is number three I'm pretty sure at that point it was like number 15. Doesn't matter. Let's be real. (laughs) It's like, okay, Vic, you can go now. (laughs) But it is kind of sad to think, yeah, that is one other member of the original Blood Gulch that is is now gone. But he was happy to go. Yeah, yeah. Again, it it was a selfish move, not a selfless one. And speaking of members of the original Blood Gulch, sister! Sister! <laughs> Sibling hugs! It's been too long! Uh, that was a that was a really sweet reunion. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was just like, oh. It, I mean, shut the, up and hug me. Okay. The last time Sister was, I mean, we, we got glimpses of her in, in other seasons, just like really quick snippets. The last but time like, they were in the same location was season five. The last time they were in the same location was before they started doing motion cap, which is that a moment like this couldn't have happened back then. Like, you could have had, yeah, a a very touching, dramatic scene via dialogue, but you wouldn't have been able to have just that, just that one brief moment of just hug me. And that's one of the things I really like about the way they've incorporated the motion cap into not just the -the over-the-top fight scenes, but also just the little, little character bits. Like, rock, paper, scissors, and hugs, and I prefer the character bits over the -the over-the-top fight scenes. Like, I don't mind a machinima fight scene because... They've been doing them for a decade oh, yeah, and some no, change. Down they've to gotten, a science. They've gotten very, very good at some terrifying machinima fight scenes. But, like, season eight, kicking Epsilon into the distance. And just, <laughs> that was so rock, funny. Rock, paper, scissors, hugs, uh, temple cowering, please don't kill me. Like, it's the little things. Yeah. It, it really it is. It just adds an extra dimension to this show. Um, which is which is always really nice because again we we started watching the show when limit when movement was very limited. Started watching the show when season one made it to DVD and you could buy it at GameStop mm-hmm. for thirty dollars or Hot Topic. DVDs were expensive back then. <laughs> or Hot Man Topic alive. or uh, shoot, where else could you? You could basically buy them at all. I think at one point you could even buy them like at a Walmart. I don't know. It was a that was like they I would think have that had, was later on down the line. It would have had to yeah. be a super Walmart, but yeah. <laughs> well, you can buy Ruby at Walmart. That's always great. It's, oh, it's that thing. mainstream, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you made it. They're selling at Walmart. <laughs> Boy, is that a weird bar? Uh, <laughs> capitalism. Anyway, I think one of the um, one of the themes that we really need to touch on here because we had it ever since Locust showed back up and then some. 
is the idea of redemption and of mercy. Yeah. Of being better. Of Carolina said, can we solve this nonviolently? For once, can we do this with words instead of with violence? Can we be done with this? Can somebody uh, and then, you know, find justice? Into a murder fridge, but. Can somebody find justice in the courtroom instead of at the end of someone's knife? I think yes. is how she put it. Which yes. is. Yeah, that's very poignant. And then this conversation with Locus about really, do you really think you can come back from this? And him like, well, considering all this stuff, you. You've done you should know I'm like miss yeah i'm a i'm a rip the 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 flagpole right out of poor biff and say this isn't about you as he dies <laughs> jeez we've come a long way yeah and i think everyone is very much well aware of that and so yeah. that bit about yeah we're killers but we're a different sort we don't kill unless we have to and right now we don't have to uh yeah it's like if you start a fight with me i will finish it but did we really have to start this and, in the first place and coming now? from her again it was the most impactful because she was the one that killed Tem- inadvertently but yeah killed temple's friend mm-hmm. putting all of this into motion well, she and Tex together. Yeah. Tex is... Like I said, inadvertently... Shuffled off this mortal coil, is an XAI. It's not like Carolina took Biff's eternal. head and, like, snapped his neck on purpose. It just... It was a thing that happened, and she just was very callous about it at the time. And let's be real, if she hadn't been so eager to win, it also probably wouldn't have happened. Well, multiple people in chat are saying that it was Tex that ripped the flag out. I could have sworn sense. it was Carolina. Mm. I don't know. I would have to rewatch the scene, but they, I could have sworn it was very involved. I could have sworn. You know what? It was probably. I think she was going for the flag, and then Tex hit her out of the way and pulled it out. Probably. I think that's what happened. But probably. I know. I know for a fact that Carolina said, "This isn't about you." Yeah. And went to take it. Well, and then the conversation in chat about man, freelancers had issues. I'm like, yep. Oh, sweetie. Yeah, we, thank we, you. We thank talked you, about yes. that. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Director Dr. Leonard Church. Now get out. Yeah. Uh, that man. I'm just going to put the the memory of my dead wife in this robot and also put it with an AI that is basically my the, the facet of my personality that is anger. <laughs> Still Stick them both in the same robot and then pit them up against my daughter. Let's see how that goes. Because I'm dad of the year. I am a man of science. <laughs> dad of the year, ladies and gentlemen. What dad of the year. What is it with dads and like anime glasses? I don't like, get no Ikari. They're a terrible dad. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how this works. Father I'm- of the year gross so gross i'm looking at my board we've touched on just about everything but the only item we've have on my board that i haven't touched on is doubles fights uh yeah (laughs) my favorite was absolutely gene but i have to say my second favorite was with bucky because that was great didn't need there was never really anything to bucky Let's be real. He might have been Tucker's double. He was discount Tucker, yes. But Tucker's bit was definitely with Temple. Mm-hmm. So Bucky, yeah, he was he was there. He said awful things. He never really he got screen time. He was there to make worse was, innuendos than Tucker. He was Tucker back before Junior. Yeah, He's Tucker stuck in like season one season again. Two. Evil Tucker. <laughs> yeah, evil Tucker. But and so we but really, that one liner though we did not meet. We did not need much more than that one liner. Uh, and that's what we got. 
And it was beautiful. <laughs> just it was. One, one single well-executed moment. And it was just great. Yes, it was. It was fantastic. Again, talking about just great little subtle character animation moments. Just just Tucker walking towards him to get his sword back. Uh, again, well, it's Bucky really good stuff. The- <laughs> trying to get just, the sword to work yeah. and just the having trouble getting it up like yep yep yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you the best of one liners good night everybody um, but the bit with Gene and Simmons can we and... talk about Sarge though for, for a quick minute uh, yeah let's build up to it uh, okay no yeah let's talk oh, about okay, Sarge okay so yeah uh, Sarge you know also <laughs> very Surge. much very much in need of redemption uh, <laughs> I have to face my demons on my own. His name is 15 syllables long, requires a Mandarin keyboard to type correctly. And, and an emoji. And an emoji. Like, <laughs> so you're Polish. <laughs> but, um, but again, you know, Sarge made a very, talking about characters who make selfish decisions, he made a very selfish decision uh, because he just needed an enemy. Again, being told exactly what he wanted to hear and allowing himself to fall for it. All of our guys, they're idiots, but they all know better. But Temple was able to tell them all exactly what they wanted to hear to get them to do what he wanted them to do. This is true. And Sarge was no exception to that. And uh, so, yeah, he he had to beg Dylan, please, please, please tell everybody it was part of my master plan. Uh, <laughs> and again, Locus's apology acceptance is just like... so great. Um, but I love that they, they straight up say, in the same way that, like, a fight with Bucky wasn't necessary uh, for, for Tucker, they straight up say, you don't have to fight this guy. Like, we could just shoot him and walk away. But Sarge is like, nope. I gotta face my demons. <laughs> and then just the bit about, you know, without knowing right from wrong, without knowing the, the right thing to do, we're no longer soldiers, we're just villains. And then I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, I love and that. And that was beautiful. I do love that even though he he is giving this speech, and he does to an extent understand right from wrong, and again, he's helping his friends, both red and blue, it still circles back to we won't be able to differentiate between red and blue. At his core, that is still who he is. <laughs> oh, oh, this man. So yeah, talk so, about uh, accidentally dropping him in the lava. So funny. And Gene and Simmons just doing yes! it. Yes, shoot him! No, shoot him! How do I tell which is the real one? And going back to ever wonder why we're here. Normally, if a series reuses a joke that often, it starts getting old. But every time it comes back around, it's like yes, mm. it's at the point it's it's gone around and come back around, and now it's a staple. Yeah. There are just some things in Red versus Blue that you have to have. This is one of them, and it was incredibly well done. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where I'm pretty sure it's not referenced every season. It's not. If it if it was referenced at least once a season, yeah, you it would get old. At that point it's a drinking game. Here's yeah. the obligatory whatever. Yeah. Uh, but because it it is so infrequent, if you do turn it into a drinking game, I suppose it's a down your drink sort of deal because it's like, oh, that only happens once every couple seasons. Um, but yeah, this was a beautiful use of it because, and I feel really stupid because I actually didn't see the initial setup of, you know, which one's the real Simmons uh, when Gene was first introduced. I just thought it was a funny character bit that they were doing. And the fact that it's uh, Gus doing both voices. Yeah, I, I didn't actually see that coming. And so it was one of those things where where they did it, I'm like, that's perfect. And I'm kicking myself for not seeing it coming. 
Um, but yeah, it was perfect execution. Oh, perfect yeah, execution. no, that was a thing of wonder and beauty. Not to mention <laughs> just Gene hanging off the edge. Whatever, I prefer the prequels. I lied about I Star Wars. I could this shit and come back in a bad video game. <laughs> Okay, but if that happens, though. Darth Maul also came back in Rebels. Like, for realsies, though. <laughs> and then he left in Rebels. And <laughs> things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Chad wants to talk about uh, Griff. And this last bit yes. with Temple. Yes. And I, I think he does have the armor lock set up in certain specific situations because there was a line, join your friends in the circle. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay, because I really wanted to know how he made this work. Like, it's a radius. I feel better. Which, fine. Again, I, th- I think they set up really well um, when, uh, when Locus was rescuing Carolina and Wash because it was a circular room just to act as kind of like a reminder yeah. of like, this is a designated area where this is effective. It was a circular murder fridge. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. So, for one... Griff doing a failed Tarzan. Yep. Which was a, a fa- thing of wonder A failed and Earl beauty. Flynn. Like, I'm going to swing in on a rope. And Errol Flynn. Earl Flynn? Er- E-R-R-O-L. Errol? Whatever. Robin Hood. Earl Flynn. Earl Flynn. He's Earl Flynn. The discount Errol Flynn? You all right there? Okay. Discount Robin Hood over here. Earl Flynn. <laughs> Discount Robin Hood. Discount uh, Robin Hood. Um, yeah, just the failed Robin Hood hero swing. Uh, and just being unable to shoot him and that what's wrong? Afraid of blood. Ooh. Like, oh, friend, we, we all know he can't do it, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just fridges are made out of circles. Oh, my God, chat. <laughs> No silly billies. That's time. That is my clock. I'm having a hard enough time keeping straight on the show as it is, and then you guys come up with stuff like that, and I'm just like, oh, (laughs) good night, everybody. That is beautiful. (laughs) Uh, But no, again, and I actually don't think. And uh, somebody also brought this up that we're actually not sure if Temple shooting Loco was intentional or. Or a misfire. Because, oh, I'm pretty sure that was a straight-up accident. Yeah, because he was probably aiming for Caboose and missed, because if we recall... Or just picked the wrong one. Yeah. If we recall, Church wasn't exactly the best aim either. This is true. And they established early on this season that Temple was the same. Yep. Well, and we also had, like, one of the few questions... I had a few hanging questions from the season, and one of them is, okay, Donut got struck by lightning, to what point? Uh, like, yeah. three different people pointed out in chat, and then Michael pointed out on Twitter, latex armor! Oh, yeah! I thought that was just a Donut joke, but no! Latex armor! It actually saved him! <laughs> yeah! I Yeah, because I'm sitting here going, oh, I'm sure that'll have significance later on down the road, but no! If he that hadn't been wearing it... That was the to a joke that I just... Whew, <laughs> yeah, if he hadn't been wearing it, he would have been cooked. Yeah. Ooh. Good job, Donut. <laughs> Way to go. Way to dodge death another time. Uh, Good job, Donut. You know, baked donuts, fried donuts. Oh, yeah, he would have been a fried donut. Fried donuts. He would have been a fried donut. Ooh, we Glazed should to, and we fried. Should, we should go to Voodoo. We should go to Krispy Kreme. They're open 24 hours. They are. They are. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, <laughs> There's a drive through too. There is a drive-thru. <laughs> anyway. This is how you can tell we're losing it, you guys. Um, yeah. So, 
if there is anything we missed, do you can you think of anything? We've got five episodes worth of stuff. Can you I mean, think we covered, of anything that we want to cover? We covered it for the most part. I mean, we could dig into other other little fun in jokes and But uh, we kind of have our happy endings. We have Wash's cogent enough to sing the DuckTales theme, which woo! I feel like most people could sing in their sleep. And I would be very surprised if Shannon McCormick hasn't received at least one request to sing the theme. Oh, I'm now. sure he has. Like, let's be like, real. Like, in character as drugged up Wash. <laughs> I would be gobsmacked if there has not been a request at some point. So, he's alive and we don't have another meta on our hands because he can talk. Yes, thank goodness. It's, the question it's not about, like... Yeah. And I love the question about how how did he show up in the hospital and everyone just kind of... <laughs> I love the idea of Locust just kind of pulling being, in the back door, putting him on a gurney, ding-dong, ditching the being bell. Being invisible. Leaving. Like, oh yeah, there's no way he stepped foot onto Chorus not invisible. Oh, absolutely. Just like, I'm just gonna leave him here and Sneaking, go. sneaking, sneaking. <laughs> Sneaky caboose was my... I laughed so hard. Tying people's shoelaces together. One of my favorite things in this chunk of episodes. Just yeah. caboose. I don't know why that was so funny. Uh, I Again, the only other thing I want to say is, like uh, like I said, we could dig into, like, Griff and Tucker's relationship and how we see a little bit of that development. And even Tuck, you know, even Griff and Simmons, I think, has gotten quite a oh, bit of yeah. development to the point where don't he... Don't mind me, I'm framing up for the kiss. He he straight up said he hated everybody with the exception of Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. pretty great stuff. But, um, yeah, no, just that it takes a group of idiots to beat a group of idiots. It really best, does. Best sword fighter in the world doesn't need, you know, doesn't, doesn't fear, fear the, the sec- second best. He fears the idiot because you can't. Fears the worst. Yep. yep. Don't know what they're planning. Which is honestly kind of like owning a cat. You kind of think you, you know you what bring those everything are. back to owning a cat. Though. Owning a cat is a life experience. Mm, dear Lord. You kind of know what they're doing, but occasionally they just run up and down the stairs five times, and you're like, what the hell just happened? I don't, I don't see the comparison, but anyway, <laughs> it's just me. Anyway, I, I loved that we had the zealots. I love that the zealots were very much as established for, let's have exactly zero sympathy for any of these people. Yep. And then wreck them completely. Yep. I have never been so happy to see someone use the word cuck and then get shot in the face. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great. Fictionally, guys, please don't do that. No. Punch Nazis. Anyway. Anyway. I think it's time to wrap up. it, it It is past time to wrap up. We've been told to wrap up a lot. Anyway. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for everyone who went on to iTunes, who rated and subscribed and left all the reviews. We love you all. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for sticking with us this season. And Megan, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz and I write articles for the movie chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Be sure to check out um, the, the latest episode of The Scare Guy on the Popcorn <clears throat> Talk where I, uh, I was a guest earlier this week. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up. You can follow Mark Donica on the social medias at Mark B. Donica, and I am Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to see our reactions to these episodes, those are all on the YouTube channel. Twitch, I'm currently playing Hustle Cat, which is Baby's First Romance Simulator and an experience, let me tell you. And I am also on Geek and Sundry's Gather Your Party, Friday night, 9.30pm, twitch.tv slash geekandsundry. We do good things. Check it out. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye!
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. It's still one of life's great mysteries. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.